Hello, my friends. Welcome to Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas, and I am quite grateful that you are here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am talking about leadership. The last podcast and video that I created here was on leadership development, a proactive plan to develop leaders in your local church. The reason I did that is because I'm doing a men's retreat in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and uh, well, I'm talking to men. I'm talking to leaders, and so that is what you might expect. And so as I, per usual, what I like to do when I do a conference is I I like to give them some information ahead of time. Uh, Many of the folks where I go, they do not know me, and so I am a stranger walking into their place telling them how to live their lives, and so that can be a little bit awkward. Uh, Also, it's helpful to stretch out a conference as long as you can. I may be there for a day and a half, but if we can meet for three months, that would be fantastic. Now, the way that you can do that is I can start dripping out resources before I ever show up and then maintain that connectivity after I leave. The problem with conferences is, I mean, they could be fantastic, and I know that you have had transformative experiences at conferences, but uh, there are two issues with them. One, they become data dumps, and so after a while, you're just saturated in sanctification, and you just can't take any more, and so you can miss a lot. And the other, because it's so condensed, A lot of stuff does go into short-term memory, and so if you can elongate the conference uh, to where it goes over a period of weeks before the speaker ever shows up and after the speaker leaves, I think that gives the church an advantage, and that is exactly what I'm after because I want them to benefit. And so we can negate the stranger aspect of conferences by giving them some work, uh, some videos like what I'm doing here in podcast and dripping them out. Then they know me, they have some awareness, and then uh, we can make the learning experience a lot longer over a period of weeks. And so I'm going to Hendersonville to do a men's retreat on leadership, how to be effective leaders, and that's why I did the podcast slash video a couple of days ago, and if you haven't watched or listened to uh, a proactive plan for leadership development in the local church, I would encourage you uh, to get that and watch and listen to it or read the article if you wish. And then in this one, I want to maintain that theme, but I want to talk about leadership in a different way. And so I have titled this talk, Three Characteristics of a Wonderful Leader. Now, there's a lot more characteristics than three, but I don't want to overwhelm you because as we examine ourselves uh, through uh, these three, uh, we'll probably end up saying that's good enough. I have enough to work on. And so I trust this will be a benefit to you, not just the men who are listening, but also you wives. And by the way, children, you are leaders too. Let me explain Okay, so we're talking about three characteristics of a wonderful leader. Now, by the way, as far as dripping content out and getting to know me and benefiting a lot from this ministry, one of the things that I would encourage you to consider is to get one of my books. This one here is called Change Me, and it really goes along with what I'm going to be talking about here in just a few moments. Uh, The subtitle is The Ultimate Life Change Handbook. 
give you a brief history of this book. A lady wrote into our ministry many years ago, and she said, Rick, if you were going to give someone like the best articles from your website on transformation, what would be those articles? And I really loved the question. And so I collected a bunch of articles from our website on transformation, and then uh, it was put in my mind uh, at that point that maybe uh, I should turn that into a book. Well, it took many years to do that, and and I refined those articles and turned them into chapters, but they were already roughed out because they were article content, and so that put me ahead of the game. But eventually it came out as a book, and that's what Change Me is, and that's why I subtitled it The Ultimate Life Change Handbook, because if I were going to take someone through a transformation change process, how to mature in Christ basically is what I'm saying, I would use this book here. Uh, I would use this book, and so I would just encourage you uh, to get it. We've had a lot of people uh, express gratitude for this book, and they have benefited from it. And so you can go on Amazon and uh, type in Change Me, Rick Thomas, uh, and that should get you to this uh, book here. And I am self-promoting it because I I don't have the New York Times uh, backing me. I don't have uh, any a huge organization that's really pushing our work. And so I have to do it myself. If that boulder is going to go up the hill, I have to push it myself. And so I'm unashamedly promoting it, but I also believe in it. I've seen the effect of it. And of course, the material that I present through our ministry is (laughs) material that has been field tested. Uh, The articles that I write are actually devotional Uh, These are my thoughts about my life and God, and I just put them out on the internet, and that's how this ministry started. And so I'm going to talk about leadership here, and again, these three things are three things that I want to mature in, and I trust that as you uh, watch and listen that you would want to mature in these areas as well. Now, if you want to find the article, uh, just go on our website, and you can type in wonderful leader. That would probably be good enough. You can do that in the search box. Type in wonderful leader, and this article will come up. And inside the article, uh, there will be the article you can read, of course. There'll be a podcast, and then there'll be a video. And so our content, we're building it out as we go along in a read, watch, listen format. So everybody has their favorite, and so you can read, you can watch, or listen, and it is a joy for us to serve you that way. And so let's talk about three characteristics of a wonderful leader. And so let's begin with a question. When you uh, think about the characteristics of a good leader, uh, what comes to mind? Now, some of you will probably think about an individual, and that's fine. I mean, we we connect the characteristics to the people, and as some of you would uh, think about a pastor of a church. Others of you would think about uh, a boss uh, in a workplace or perhaps a husband or father. Now, I would imagine that when I talk about characteristics of a good leader, what a good leader is— that most of you would think of those roles there, a pastor, an employer, a husband, or a father, and those roles would be worth your consideration because those roles are impactful leadership roles to where the leader, a boss, a pastor, a father, a husband, their demeanor, their attitudes, their words, their actions can shape those 
under them for the rest of those lo- uh, rest of their lives. And so, for our minds to naturally go to those types of people and the characteristics of those individuals. That would be normal because all of us have been up under those types of leaders and we have been uh, impacted positively or adversely by those leaders. And all of us can go back and think of leaders in our lives. I was talking to Lucia just today about a gentleman who is no longer with us. His name is Buzz Baker, and he just had a phenomenal impact Uh, on my life. And sometimes when I talk about him in context of friends, I start crying and I call him uh, the name that shall not be mentioned because when I start talking about him by name, uh, I tend to tear up because his impact on my life was just that phenomenal. And in many ways, uh, he set the trajectory for this ministry uh, that we have today. But then on the other side of that are people who have affected me adversely, and I carry the weight and burden of those things as well as I try to mature out of them. And so both of us have experienced the, the impact of leaders in our lives, whether good or evil. But what about other leaders who don't immediately come to mind? Not the boss, not the pastor, not the father, not the husband. What about you? And I don't even know who you are, but you're watching, you're listening. What about you? I want to make a case here that you are a leader too, whoever you are. You are a leader. I'm not making a commentary on the quality of, of your leadership. I'm just making a factual statement. You are a leader. I mean, Hitler was a leader, and I'm not saying you're like that, but just by illustration, we all are leaders. And so I want you to think about yourself primarily as a leader. And so as I've titled this talk, Three Characteristics of a Wonderful Leader, I want to put I want you to put yourself in the sightlines. And think about you. And so what three leadership characteristics describe you? And that's what I want you to focus on. See, my aim here is to take your thoughts about leadership and to expand them by making a case that every Christian is a leader regardless of where they stand within any hierarchical structure. Now, you can make a case, as I have already have with Hitler, that any and every person is a leader, but I want to speak specifically to my brothers and sisters in Christ within the Christian community. Though everyone is leading to some degree or another, I want to speak specifically to Christians and make the case that every Christian is a leader no matter where they fit within any hierarchical system. For example, a husband is a leader, as you already know. I've made that case, and that's an easy case to make. But so is his wife. You see, the question, are you a leader, is one of those questions that you don't ask a Christian. It's a redundant question. It's like asking the question, do you worship? No, we're wired to worship. And so the question is not do you worship, but what do you worship? Who do you worship? 
It's already understood that we're wired to worship. It should be already understood that we are leaders as well. And so are you a leader is one of those questions that we really do not need to ask. If you're a believer, you are a Christian leader. Now, please understand, and I, I do understand, that, that no leader has perfected their leadership skills. I have not. Uh, I am a work in progress. And so you're not looking necessarily for the perfection of leadership gifting in any individual, but you're looking for the presence of leadership gifting in an individual. That's part of how we do our mastermind program, our all online training program. One of the things that I'm looking for, I say, I state out loud that it is a leadership development program. And so I am looking for leaders, but I am never looking for the perfection of leadership in any student that comes to our program. That would be unfair. It would be unwise. It would not be smart because I haven't even perfected leadership gifting. And so no leader has perfected their leadership gifts, but all responsible Christian leaders are progressively, they want to progressively change into the best kind of leader that they can be. A parent, a, a church member, an employee, and a friend. All of those are leaders who want to become better ones, and I trust that that you want to be a better one too. And so may my case be made that you are a leader and you have not perfected your leadership ability. And it does not matter where you fall within any stratification or hierarchical structure. You are a leader. And so there are different kinds of leaders. And that's why you want to understand what it means to be a leader within that stratification structure. Let me give you an illustration. A wife may be subordinate in some ways to her husband, but her role in submission does not mean she is not a leader. You see, a wife can walk in humble submission to her husband, and she can be an astonishing leader within her calling to be a wife to him and a friend to others. Uh, my wife exhibits this in a phenomenal way. People who know her would say yes and amen to that. She is a, a humble, submitted individual to her husband, but she has a, a profound leadership gift that has benefited me in more ways than I can possibly recount. Children are very similar. A son or a daughter can function exceptionally well in their dual roles as subordinate children and leaders within their spheres of influence, including how they help their parents to be better people. We have taught our children from early on uh, that one of the reasons we are training you equipping you, parenting you, is selfishly motivated because we want more people around us, Rick and Lucia, we want more people around us who know us intimately well and is willing to speak into our lives. It would be like a waste of assets not to train your children to grow up and to speak into your life to help you to mature more in 
Christ. And so in a selfish way, we parented uh, because we wanted the advantage of having more people speaking into our lives, helping us to maintain that straight and narrow path for Christ. And so children can live humbly and submitted to their parents, but as they grow older... And as they mature, and depending on their maturity, depending on their walk with the Lord, uh, depending on several other things, like their courage, for example, they can start speaking into their parents' lives while humbly submitted to them, similar to the wife illustration that I, I mentioned earlier. One more illustration. Wives, children, how about church members? All church members have similar opportunities for submission to their leadership, while also leading them appropriately. If you're afraid to speak into your leaders' lives, and that is leading them by speaking into their lives, if you're afraid to speak into their lives, there is something wrong with the leadership church member dynamic. Because on one level, within the stratification and within the hierarchy, there is leadership and submission. But on another level, there is equality as well as we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And if our brother is struggling, we want to speak into our brother's life regardless of the role that the person has. And again, that applies very well to the wife as well and to the children submitted to parents or a wife submitted to a husband, but on a whole nother level, my wife is also my sister in Christ, and my our children are brothers and sisters in Christ, and they should come alongside their brother and their sister in Christ, also called their parents, and church members should do that as well. A final illustration, even though I said the last one was my last illustration, let's go get Jesus because he's always the best illustration. Jesus' function in the way that I'm describing to you when he lived among us, he was a humble and confident leader of multitudes while humbly submitting to the authority of his Father. Following and leading should not be self-negating roles. And so the real question points to the quality of your leadership style rather than if you are a leader, which brings us back to the traits that make up a competent leader or how I have titled this uh, three characteristics of a wonderful leader. I think that's how I titled it, three characteristics of a wonderful leader. So you know that you're a leader. You know that you can function within submission, within a hierarchy, but you have a responsibility to step into leadership. And so, therefore, we want to talk about what then makes up a good leader, a wonderful leader. And I want to give you three characteristics. Now, if you want to see a perfected leadership model, you remember I was saying earlier that we haven't perfected it. You're looking for the presence of leadership, not the perfection. We're not quite there yet. But if you're looking for the perfection, of a leadership model and want to know what it looks like, well, Jesus is an excellent example for us to observe. Now, I want to pull out one portion of his life. So as we step into his human chronology, I want to run all the way to the end, right before the cross, 
The passage of Scripture is Matthew 21, verses 1 through 17, and I'll not read all that here, but you, you're welcome to pull it out and, and, and look at some characteristics of a wonderful leader. And so I want to zero, zero in on the events just before his crucifixion. And again, that's Matthew 21, verses 1 through 17, and I want to highlight just three characteristics of a wonderful leader in sequential order. Number one, of course, is humility. And so when you think about humility and Jesus as a leader in his leadership style, he's not what you think. And so the text of Scripture in Matthew 21, and again, you could look at 1 through 17, I am just going to look at verses 10 and 11, okay, that's nested in in that longer passage. And this is what it says. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was, was stirred up, saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. One of the characteristics of an excellent leader is that he breaks down poor stereotypes and horrible preconceived notions about leadership. And so we all have an idea of what a leader is. And then you meet a good leader, a wonderful leader. And that's one of the characteristics is they, they tend to break down the poor stereotypes and any horrible preconceived notions about what leadership is. A lot of people come into Christianity, and they've had a horrible preconceived notion of what leadership is, like, say, through their family, maybe through their parents. And then they come into Christianity, and they begin to interact, like, say, with the church leadership, the pastors, and they're they're suspicious or cynical or distanced from them. Uh, they, They know how this is going to go because they have this poor stereotype and horrible preconceived notions. A a wonderful leader can wipe away bad experiences that you may have had with an ineffective leader. Jesus did this. See, the people in Jesus' day, they knew what leadership looked like via the Pharisees. They they had prototypes for leadership called Pharisees, and this was not Jesus. And so when he rolled into town on his donkey, they're like, who— who is this? He's rolling in in a, a different way than the leaders that we know come in the town. You see, to be with Jesus, you must think otherworldly. And that's how we experienced him too. God's ways and our ways oppose each other, which is why humility is the first and most essential characteristic of a Christian leader. Without a humbled heart before the Lord and before others, everything else that pours out of a leader will eventually collapse. And I know that when the world thinks about leadership, (laughs) humility typically is not like on the tip of their tongue, but God, again, is otherworldly. And I say, and I think the Bible affirms, that without that humbled heart before the Lord and before other people, then anything that you build leadership-wise on top of that structure, whatever that foundation may be other than humility, it's going to collapse. And so Jesus came to Jerusalem on a donkey, not a war horse. 
And so three characteristics of a wonderful leader. Characteristic number one is humility, and the subtitle is, he's not what you think. And so let me ask you a couple of questions, and so you could self-assess. Take a little bit of time and look in the mirror, and here's the question. What evidence would others say describe you as a humble leader? What is the evidence that others would say that would describe you as a humble leader? Does your humility, question number two, does your humility catch people off guard when Jesus came into town? Who is this? It's so counterintuitive. It was a humble leader walking into town, riding into town. Does your humility catch people off guard as you deconstruct poor leadership models? Three characteristics of a wonderful leader. Number one, humility. He's not what you think. Number two, authority. He's a courageous leader. And so now in verse number 12, Matthew 21 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And so after stepping off his donkey in all of his humility, as he was deconstructing preconceived notions of leadership from the Pharisees, He went into the temple to give it a cleanse. Now, that was an unusual next move on his part because it seems to fly in the face of humility. But it was his way of staking claim to his kingship. Humility and authority should not be antagonistic because humility and authority need each other. I mean, authority needs humility, but you could also look at it like this. Humility needs authority. A humility that resembles a doormat is not humility at all. That is fear. That's not humility. Humility unhooks the soul from fearful self-awareness while releasing it to do God's will, whatever God's will may be, even if it means cleansing a temple. You can be a humble person and authoritatively cleanse the temple. Authority without humility creates a devil whose two main interests are selfish ambition and glorified reputation. Jesus was free from both of these sins because of the condition of his heart was humility. And so humility and authority need each other. Humility does not negate speaking the truth. Humility does not negate exhibiting courage. With humility, you can be authoritative. Be who God wants you to be, but be so with humility. And so three wonderful or three characteristics of a wonderful leader. One is humility. He's not who you think he is. The second one is authority. He is a courageous leader. And then I want to ask you a couple questions about authority. So number one, does your humility create an environment where your authority is rightly understood and accepted? Now, that is a whopper of a question. Now, perhaps it would be good to 
Ask that question to somebody who is humble and authoritative. They have the courage and the humility to be able to answer it. But that is something to think about. Does your humility create an environment of grace to where your authority is rightly understood and rightly accepted? Or, question number two, does your authority spring from a heart of selfish ambition and craving for reputation? Number three, Three characteristics of a wonderful leader is approachable, meaning he's attractive to the humble. A leader is attractive to humble people. And so the three characteristics are, in this order, humility, authority, and if you, if, if you have those two right, then, then you will have followers. You will be approachable. Go back to Matthew. This is 21, Matthew, uh, verse 14. It says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, the temple that he cleansed, and he healed them. You see, Jesus entered the temple humbly, but he did not hold back from being authoritarian, and he was an approachable servant. The self-exalted, self-pronounced, self-appointed, vital people in the temple that day, they were angry at what Jesus was doing. Those leaders had a problem because they had no humility. They just had authority, and they were about reputation management, selfish ambition, and self-glorification. And so they were angry with what Jesus was doing. But there was another group of people in the temple that day who got it. The blind and lame people were not interested in the religious leader's reputation or self-importance. They recognized Jesus for who he was, and they wanted to be with him. You see, humility receives humble leadership. And if the people are humble, they will spot humble leadership, and it will just be gravitating toward each other. Humility receives humble leadership. Humble leadership receives humility, and the humble folks received Christ. But the proud people resisted his humble leadership. Pride and humility are like oil and water. If the leader is humble and the followers are too, there will be sweet communal harmony between them. And so the blind and the lame were not afraid of his authoritative Leadership style, cleansing the temple, because they experience his authoritative style in the context of humility. Though Jesus and all excellent leaders had more characteristics than humility and courage, authority, and approachability, these three stood out just before he was put to death. We're at the end of his life now. And by the way, that is another unusual characteristic of a competent leader. He will die for you. John said it really well. In John 15, 13, 14, he said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you, as John was quoting quoting Christ. Three characteristics of a wonderful leader. Let me wrap up with a few questions. Number one, will you ask a close friend if they perceive you as a humble person? This is kind of a trick question because it takes humility 
to ask such a question? Imagine the Pharisees. They, they wouldn't ask that question. Why? Because of their own self-importance. And so if you're asking someone if they perceive you as a humble person, that could be a clue that you are a humble person. But if you can't, won't ask that question, maybe that is a clue too. And that maybe you're more interested in reputation management. Number two, does your authority flow out of your humility? Now, the follow-up is obvious. How do you know? And maybe it would be good to ask someone about this to see if they affirm with your answer, your conclusion, whatever your conclusion to the question is. And the question was, does your authority flow out of your humility? Number three, do people approach you with their most vulnerable, humbling, and transparent questions? You see, the lame came to Jesus that day because he was approachable. They were not afraid of him. Now, I'm sure that there was fear in operation. We have that fear that's operative in us, even with those humble leaders, but that speaks more to our problem than their problem. Do people approach you with their most vulnerable, humbling, and transparent questions? If not, why not? Number four, what specific leadership trait do you have? I mean, just name it. I mean, how has God operated in your life in such a way, and you have appropriated God's grace in your life that he has given you and is honing a leadership, a specific leadership gift? I've mentioned three, but I said that those aren't the only ones. I mentioned humility and authority and approachability. As you identify that leadership trait, uh, would you express gratitude to God for his excellent work developing you as a leader? And then finally, number five, what is a specific area where you need to mature your leadership? And again, would you go to someone and you could share this article, the podcast, the video, and, and just ask them if they would help you with this, and and that would be fantastic. All right, three uh, characteristics of a wonderful leader. We have a lot of resources at our ministry on our website, so all you have to do is jump on it. All of our resources are free. They are to you, to use, to benefit for your family, and then whosoever will. Anybody that you can find and stop for a few seconds and just do some work of discipleship or evangelism, we would love to be in your pocket. We would love to be part of the resources that you use. We give our resources away generously and with joy. Very grateful that we can do that. We do this because there are people that believe in what we're doing, and they want us to keep on doing it, so they underwrite this ministry with their financial gifts. If you're able to support our ministry in any way, monthly, annually, or one time, only if you're able, it would be a huge help to us because this is an expensive operation and the number of people that we have working. Again, God supplies our need, uh, but I do want to let you know because I know that some can, others can't. And for those of you who can't support us financially, you can support us two critical ways. One, pray for this ministry that God's favor would continue uh, to flourish uh, inside this ministry. And then number two, share our resources with anyone that you will. 
my friend Matt from Colorado uh, just sent an email in this week asking if he could use my uh, 10 Introduction to Biblical Counseling videos for their local church. The answer is yes. These resources are free, and so we want you to use them. I can't uh, come to every church, and it's not even uh, feasible financially to do that uh, for churches. But we have resources packaged up, and you can use them freely uh, in your small groups, in your church meetings, uh, however you seem fit. Use them, and may God bless what you're doing, and may God uh, continue to uh, bring you lives that you can speak into and folks that you can encourage. Thank you so much, and may God bless you. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.